it's Christmas Eve right now. Are you having a nice Christmas Eve? Oh, I'm having a great Christmas Eve. Isn't it strange that you and I are sitting in the same room together on Christmas Eve and not like with, uh, you know, other people we've decided to do I don't want to be with anybody else. Oh, guys. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. Let's get trivial, trivial. I want to get trivial. Hey everybody, welcome to the Quiz Fix Podcast. My name is Paul. My name is Monica. This is a special short little version for uh, your Christmas Eve. Um, <laughs> I've been reading uh, the Billboard Hot 100 as I'd like to do and kind of perusing it. And I noticed that there were a bunch of Christmas songs, old Christmas songs, on the charts. And this is because they changed their method of allowing songs on there now that you can stream them and Spotify and Pandora and all these YouTube and everything adds into it. So now there's all these older Christmas songs that are on the pop charts. So I wrote them down and we created some uh, fun facts about these songs you've been hearing a lot. Now, Monica doesn't like Christmas music. Well, some of it. Right. She's, and she, to be fair, hears it constantly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so very understandable why, why some of these. So I'm not going to, my Christmas present to Monica is that while we're talking about it, uh, you're going to hear the songs behind our talking, but Monica does not have to listen to these songs. Yay. <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. So let's begin. With a song currently at number 41 on the charts, a song called Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow by Mr. Dean Martin. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow. Sammy Kahn and Jules Stein co-wrote the song in July 1945 during a heat wave in Los Angeles. In an interview, Sammy Kahn said, quote, Why don't we go down to the beach and cool off? Stein replied, Why don't we stay here and write a winter song? You ever thought about doing that? If it's like really hot outside, it's like, I'm just going to write a song about ice. Yes, that's so much more fun <laughs> than going to the beach. <laughs> Dean Martin, who recorded the song in 1959 for his album, A Winter Romance. Ooh. Oh, he died. Yes, in he did. 1995. Ironically enough, on Christmas Day. Yeah, I remember that because I was a huge Dean Martin fan and I remember reading about that. I watched his Jerry Lewis movies. When oh, I was a kid. yeah. <laughs> I oh, that. yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, I forgot that I I forget that they were a duo and every once in a while that kind of pops yeah. up that they were this big comedy duo. I loved those movies. Yeah. So I'm like watching those movies as a kid and then I run out of them. And then there's other ones that's like just Jerry Lewis. Oh yeah. And I was like, "Oh, these aren't." As good. <laughs> 
Where's the handsome man? Where's the handsome man that <laughs> drinks scotch and says, hey, everybody. <laughs> All Dean the weather Martin. outside is frightful. It's back from the dead. But in here is so delightful. Give me another glass of scotch. Oh, he was very handsome. Yeah, he was a good looking guy. The song, A Lot of Snow, times three, <laughs> is popular around the Christmas holidays, although its lyrics never mention Christmas. Yeah, it's kind of an unofficial holiday song. One of my fondest memories, watching game shows as I grew up, as I did, watching a show called Name That Tune. And oh, told me I story. told this, I know, and I have to, I'm going to repeat it again. It, again. Uh, it was like the, the final round where you, there's a big clock ticking down and uh, you have to hit a button and stop the clock and then name the song that's been playing. And then it continues going. If you get 10 songs in 60 seconds, you win, I don't know, a dollar. But <laughs> uh, so this woman gets all the way down and the last song starts going and it's ticking down ticking down it gets down to like two seconds and she slams it on and she says let it storm let it storm let it storm (laughs) and my dad and i are watching it at home we're like no and she was excited and you could just see the the host tom kennedy just the host host uh his face just like "Uh, i can't give it to you sorry she uh she did not win. Aww. It was a sad sad moment, but a great song. I like this song. I bet her family never talked about that either. Oh yeah, no no no, they didn't bring it up like every Christmas. It's like, hey, they're gonna storm outside. The weather's kind of frightful. Shut up. Yeah, I get it. I got it wrong. Every oh, time oh. it was a storm outside. <laughs> let it storm. Let it storm. Yeah, yeah. I haven't heard that one a million times. <laughs> that poor woman. <laughs> All right. The next song at number 36 this week is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, sung by Mr. Gene Autry. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you would even... Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer was a character created for the Montgomery Ward department stores in 1939 by Robert May who based the story on his own experiences of being teased as a child. Sad origins for this for this story. Uh, the story of Rudolph was made into a booklet and given away as a promotional gift. In the first seven years, the store had given away over six million booklets. In 1949, May's brother-in-law, songwriter Johnny Marks, put the story to music and got singing movie cowboy Gene Autry to record it. It hit number one in the U.S. on January 7th, 1950, making it the first official number one song of the 50s. Yeah. Johnny Marks, uh, remember that name. That's going to come up a few more times. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There wasn't a threat. I was just, I'm just, uh, I'm just trying to... Rudolph's name <laughs> was almost Rolo or Reginald. Rolo the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's not bad. Ugh. 
Reginald the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Your thoughts on this song? Um, so the the fact that the origin story is about him being teased and bullied. Yeah. That totally makes sense to me because the biggest part of that song that stuck out for me was the other reindeers being a bunch of dicks yeah. to Rudolph. Yeah. And it's kind of glossed over a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the whole thing. And then they like him after he's useful. Right. Right. <laughs> but it's Santa that comes comes in and Santa's, you know, Santa's a good guy and says, hey, you know what? I, I see some use in you. You got to get a bright nose. Come here. Come here. Well, if it wasn't foggy. Oh, what if it hadn't been foggy? Then who gives a shit about Rudolph? <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> How lucky is it that it was foggy, guys? <laughs> What if he had just like he had written Anna one bright clear Christmas Eve Rudolph was useless again. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't quite work. All right, number thirty four, Monica's favorite. Oh God! Last Christmas by Hoam exclamation point. George Michael's song was written to try to become UK's Christmas number one single, a coveted position amongst British pop stars. Last Christmas didn't hit number one in 1984, but another song George Michael sang on did, the Band Aid charity single, Do They Know It's Christmas. I've been hearing a cover of this song in the stores. By? I have no idea. Oh. Some woman. Right. And I was working and it came on and I'm like, okay, I can get through this. And this guy walked by who was shopping and he was like, man, this is the worst song. And I was <laughs> like, yes, it is. Monica got down on one He's knee. He's like, do you know who originally did this? And I was like, wham. <laughs> and he was like, oh, you're right. Yeah. I was going to say George Michael, but you're right. It was wham. Well, technically, I don't know what Andrew Ridgely's... I was looking up to see if Andrew Ridgely had any any input on this song. It doesn't look like he did much because George Michael played all the instruments and well, recorded himself. Well, it was released himself. under... Weed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. So that's who gets the point. There you go. Like, do they know it's Christmas? Wham donated all the proceeds from the sales of last Christmas to the Ethiopian famine relief effort. That's nice. That was nice of him. Last Christmas is the biggest selling single in the UK that didn't hit number one. Since 2007, the song has hit the UK charts every year, reaching a high of number two, Last Christmas. When they gave you their hearts. That doesn't even make sense. (laughs) The very next day, you gave it away. Right. But then he says, this "This year, year, to save me from tears, I'll give it to someone special. Right. Like, you didn't think the first person was special that you gave it to? You don't think this person will also give your heart away? Apparently, it's a hot commodity. Right, right. It's a hot heart. (laughs) Hot heart here. Hot heart here. Come here. Hot heart. Stupid. Yeah. 
I love that song. It gets stuck in my head immediately. <laughs> That's the biggest problem with that song is that it's earwormy to mm-hmm. the to the next level. Uh, number 29 right now on the charts is The Christmas Song by Nat King Cole. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by choir Something was going on in July of 1945 in California because, like Let It Snow, the Christmas song is another July 1945 holiday tune. Singer Mel Torme and his songwriting partner Bob Wells wrote the song on a hot summer day. There's something to this now that people are writing their Christmas songs in the summertime. Uh, Wells came up with the first four lines, and the two writers finished the song in less than an hour. The... Nat King Cole version was recorded in 1946 with his band, the King Cole Trio. But it's his 1961 recorded version that gets the most airplay. Yeah, the, the original's a little faster and a little, a little kind of sparse. It's just three instruments and Nat King Cole. And then the, the, the other one that was in 61 is a little more orchestrated and a little slower. Um, I didn't know it was just called the Christmas song. Yeah, most people think it's called chestnuts, chestnuts. roasting over an open fire, mm-hmm. but uh, but that and that's a good one for you guys to keep on your trivia tip. Several great covers of the song exist, and a couple of terrible ones. A duet between Justin Bieber and Usher in 2011. Oh, which is that the? Great one and a terrible one. I gave you a couple of the terrible ones. And a dance remix version by Christina Aguilera in 2000. The Aguilera version actually hit the pop charts in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. and I, I don't remember that. I may I have to put in a little bit you of a right should. here. And so I will. All right, next up, right now at number 26 on the charts, Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helms. Bell Rock was the third hit for Bobby Helms and his biggest. He hit the top 40 in 1957, 1958, and 1960. Not, not sure what happened in 1959. <laughs> um, although predominantly a country singer, Helms is given credit for recording the first Christmas rock song. I think mainly just because it has the word rock <laughs> yeah. in, the, uh, in the title. I hear this song a lot. This one gets, this isn't one of my favorites. It, it, it did introduce the idea of a jingle hop. I'm not really sure what the, what the jingle hop is. <laughs> That's like a sock hop where you have to wear jingle bells. I'm, I'm kind of weirdly into that. But uh, yeah, not not one of my fa- favorite times. 
The song on the B-side of Jingle Bell Rock single was Captain Santa Claus and his reindeer space patrol. And you will be hearing that song right (laughs) now. The word had spread from town to town that Santa's sled had broken down and there would be no toys this Christmas day. When suddenly a cry was heard Up in the sky is that a bird And all the children shouted Hip hooray Hip hooray Hooray for Captain Santa Claus And his reindeer space In this song, Santa's elves save Christmas When they build a rocket ship To replace Santa's broke-ass sled <laughs> I'm surprised you wrote that. Yeah. Probably not a coincidence that 1957, when this song was released, was also the year of Sputnik. I'll tell you right now, if if the stores were just playing Captain Santa Claus and his reindeer space patrol, I'd be into that. <laughs> that's I have thing. never heard of that. That's something. There's some oddball Christmas songs out there that it'd be nice if like the, the stores would, Switch would play it up. Switch it up a little bit. There's a great one by Squeeze. Sometimes they'll hear Father Christmas by the Kinks, but that's very rare. some weird weird ones and some weird ones that that were made by popular people like i never need to hear wonderful christmas time by paul mccartney ever again simply having a wonderful christmas time it's a song where there's like a period after every word yeah it sounds like he wrote it he like recorded in his bedroom with like one like farty keyboard and just like and just overdubbed and he's like let's put this out this is great I'm Paul McCartney. I can put out a Christmas album anytime I want. I can do anything and people will <laughs> fucking love it. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Next. Number 22, <laughs> A Holly Jolly Christmas. Johnny Marks of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer fame strikes again with this 1962 composition, but it isn't until the release of the 1964 Rankin-Bass animated special Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer that this song gets national attention. Actor Burl Ives, who already had a couple pop hits under his belt, sang the song in the TV special as the snowman narrator Sam. I forgot that he had a name. Burl Ives also has an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor in 1959's The Big Country. Yeah, which is a great movie, and he plays like a very dramatic 
role. No man. Do you are you are you <laughs> were you a fan of Ren and Stimpy? Yes. Do you remember the Happy Happy Joy Joy song? Yes. So I want to play this for you because the uh, stinky whistle tweets or t- twizzle teats or whatever sings the Happy Happy Joy song is based on Burl Lives. So this is. Uh, let's see if I can find it. The The first part you hear are quotes from Burlive's movies and okay. then what they quoted in Happy, Happy, Joy, Joy. We'll see if this will work. The little critters of nature, they don't know that they're in me. I told you. I told you I'd do it. I told you that you wouldn't believe me. Damn your soul. I told you. And now the Ren and Stimpy version. Oh, yeah. I always wondered what the <laughs> hell that was about. <laughs> and now you know the rest oh of the story. These are some straight up Burl Ives. <laughs> the first one's from a uh, from a Disney movie called Summer Magic. And that last quote is from The Big Country, where he, uh, he has to shoot somebody he doesn't want to shoot. He warned him. Okay. Why didn't Why you believe didn't me? Why didn't you believe me? I taught, I taught my grandmother to suck eggs. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing that in that show and just being like, well, I guess it's just some weird shit. <laughs> Aren't you the granddaddy of all liars? <laughs> all right. That's so funny. Number 21 right now on the charts, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. Another rock song. Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Uh, this is another Johnny Marks Christmas song. It's just Christmas crazy. It's also another July inspired Christmas song. 13 year old Brent, that blew my mind. 13 year old Brenda Lee recorded the song in Nashville in the summer. To achieve a wintry setting, Marks brought a Christmas tree into the studio and cranked up the AC. 13? 13. And she's like 4'9. That I knew. She's this tiny, 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 tiny person. and uh, But she had this big kind of mature voice. And so they had her sing and stuff. Like her big, like, sultry hit, I'm Sorry, comes out like two years after this. She's 15 years old. Wow. And yeah, it's crazy. Not an immediate hit. When it was first released in 1958, the song was re-released in 1960 after Brenda Lee had notched two number one songs. I'm sorry, and I want to be wanted. With Lee's newfound popularity, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree became a hit as well. All right, your thoughts on this song? It's all right. It's all right. It's it's not the worst. It's not the best. Yeah. It's right down down the middle. It's been in a bunch of movies. Was it in one of the Home Alones? Probably. Uh, probably. Probably. Uh, all right, number 16 is It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year by Andy Williams. Andy Williams! <laughs> I had to go back and just watch that much with the Moon River. Two encores. 
We're not stopping here. Oh, yes, we are. <laughs> just, Nelson just sitting there. Yeah. Just saucer-eyed. All the other kids are like bored to tears. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle-belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the happiest season of all. Uh, written by George Weil, specifically for Al- Andy Williams' 1963 Christmas album, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, wasn't released as a single at the time. Williams had also recorded White Christmas for the album, and the record company chose that as the single. Now... It's the Most Wonderful Time is one of the most used songs in movies and commercials, even non-Christmas ones. Staples has used the song since 1995 in their back-to-school ads. Oh, yeah. With the with the parents, like, running around, yeah, like, so happy, so happy. And the kid's like, oh, God. That's when I buy my pencils. <laughs> <laughs> because of his Christmas specials, album and sweaters great sweaters andy williams earned the nickname <laughs> mr christmas you really we should always say his name like that <laughs> andy williams i always think of it that way <laughs> composer george Weil is best known for two songs it's most wonderful time and the theme to gilligan's island what a twofer that is what real weird. But you know what? You can retire on those two. Oh, yeah. If you're a songwriter, you can be like, the rest of my songs are just going to be like fart noises. It doesn't matter because I got two big hits that, that bring me. play that over and over. Bring me money every single year. Mm-hmm. That's, that's your retirement plan right there. All right. And finally, the one that's in the top 10 right now at number seven, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. There are, and I didn't put this in the notes, but apparently she did not want to do this song. She makes she did so not want to do much money oh, yeah. from this song. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, she she was not wanting to do a not that she didn't want to do this song, but she didn't want to do a Christmas album. Yeah. I uh, felt like, and her husband Tommy Matola, who at that point also ran the record company that she was on kind of insisted that she do this yeah and uh you know what she's probably glad he did now because again like uh like our uh, our good friend uh, george up above george weil uh he uh she can pretty much live on this one not that she doesn't have huge hits otherwise but mm-hmm. uh, inspired by the girl group sounds of the 60s mariah carey and cole writer walter afanasiev composed the songs in once again the summer of 1994 <laughs> to be included on Carrie's Chris, uh, Merry Christmas album. I guess if you're planning to release an album of Christmas songs in December, you got to yeah. get kind of working on it in the summertime. Yeah. They probably make Christmas movies in the summer, too. Probably do. 
Uh, Carrie wanted to create an um an up tempo Christmas love song. Uh, Afanasiev, that is a that's a difficult name. Mm-hmm. Afanasiev uh, thought the melody and words were too basic, but changed his mind after getting the song stuck in his head. According to Afanasiev, this entire song took 15 minutes to write. Dang. Um, but it's kind of the same chords over and over again with different lyrics. And she kind of hits all the holiday. There's mistletoe, there's Santa, there's sleighs, and there's snow. And she just they kind just of have like a checklist. Yeah, it's like she wrote down like 20. It's almost like Mad Libs, Christmas <laughs> Mad Libs. The song wasn't released as a single at first, so that customers would have to buy the entire album to get it. However, the ringtone version of the song went gold in 2005 and became the first double platinum ringtone in 2009. Yeah, so this is back in that era again where record companies had decided to not put out singles so that everybody would have to buy the entire albums, which is why you get all these like big bands at times that had one hit song and they have these huge CDs because... Everybody has to buy the album if they want to, to hear the, the one, one song. song. So that was kind of the way they did things back then. That that changed after a little while. But yeah, the ringtone version sold a lot. Weird. Yeah. Carrie has capitalized on the success of the song with a children's book and an animated movie of the same name. And she does it in her, I think she does it in all of her shows, whether it's Christmas time or not. I think that's just one of the songs that she performs. Really? Yeah. Wow. I wonder if she gets in the little hat and the little fur coat and everything to do it. I hope so. I hope so. There's one song that's notably absent from the list. And that is White Christmas. In a bit of a twist, Irving Berlin wrote White Christmas in a winter month. Oh, my God. January in 1942. But the song, which first appeared in the 1942 movie Holiday Inn, is from the perspective of a New Yorker stuck in sunny California at Christmas. The introductory verse, sung in the movie but not usually recorded, starts, The sun is shining, the grass is green, the orange and palm trees sway. There's never been such a day in Beverly Hills, L.A., but it's December 24th, and I'm longing to be up north. And then mm. into, I'm dreaming of a white Isn't that the name of a movie? Well, they, then they did another movie called White Christmas and sang the song in White Christmas as well. And that also stars Bing Crosby. Wasn't that one kind of like a wartime movie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I have kind of soft spots for both movies because they're kind of these big musical dancing and singing and stuff and they're they're a lot of fun these are two those are two movies that i watched around christmas time white christmas was until 1997 the best-selling single of all time the song that finally beat it elton john's tribute to princess diana candle in the wind yeah yeah that fine that's now the the top selling single of all time really yeah oh I like on Parks and Rec where he does the tribute to little Sebastian 
and it's what's better than the candle in the wind? A Five thousand candles in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. White Christmas appeared on Billboard's charts every year until 1963. Since then, the only artist to have a version hit the charts was Mike Bolton in 1992. And I'm not playing that song right now. You're not going to hear that. Right <laughs> Come on now. I'm not, I'm not mean. I'm not a Grinch. Mm. So there you go. These are the big Christmas songs, some that are on the charts right now, and and White Christmas not on there right now. Have you been hearing White Christmas in the stores? Yeah, I think so. I'm assuming that of these other songs that are on this list, you've been hearing a lot. You know, the All I Want for Christmas is You, I have not been hearing that song. Really? Yes. I usually hear it every year, but I don't know. Maybe it just doesn't. Play when I'm there. Yeah. They're like, oh, she kind of likes that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Put Last Christmas on again. I can be at work and hear that song like three times. In different versions or is it always kind of the same one? I have not heard the Wham version this year. Hmm. I've only heard the weird cover that I don't know who it is. Yeah. If you guys know who that weird cover is by, let us know. Quizfix at gmail.com. In fact, if you have any uh, thoughts at all about your favorite Christmas songs or songs that you don't care for quizfix at gmail.com now this is the week of christmas so obviously no quiz today this is monday the 24th and no quizzes tomorrow on tuesday the 25th but there are quizzes wednesday at the berliner in renton and thursday at both uh, local 907 in renton and at murphy's in wallingford next week of course is our big quiz on The Office. Oh, my God. It's going to be good. December 30th, Sunday night, 8 o'clock, $5 entry per person. Win some cash if you know your office stuff. And then uh, and then we won't have a podcast next week. And, well, check your feed. Maybe I'll put something out just for fun. But no official podcast. We'll start our, our uh, next monthly uh, Battle Royale. Uh, the week following, and that's also the first night, January seventh, of the new tournament. Oh my gosh! Uh, so uh, I hope also you'd... the new battle royale is going to be Trivial Pursuit. Yes, if you didn't listen to last week's <laughs> Unless episode, it doesn't really work. Yeah, yeah. We'll go back. We're going to try this. We're going to play a new version of Trivial Pursuit and record us playing that first of the month. Uh, so, and we reserve the right to use any and all those questions in your quizzes because that's the way we roll. Yeah. Yeah. It's all fair game. Um, All right, everybody. I hope everybody has a very nice Christmas Eve and a very wonderful Christmas tomorrow. And we will talk to you very soon, at least on January 7th. So there you go. Bye. (laughs) That was smooth. That was smooth. Let's get trivial, trivial. I want to get trivial. Let me hear your knowledge talk, your knowledge talk, let me hear